We had the view that it, it was okay to have regional differences. You know, you may have a different personality in France to the UK to the US, but you've got to have a common underpinning. You've got to have a common, consistent global experience. So if you've got a global brand, what they experience from you in Sydney is the same as what they experience from you in Paris or London, but, but you may have slightly different regional personalities. And I think that's really working well for us. So really trying to define, you know, common technology, common practices has been really key for us. Gainsight presents the Game Changer Podcast with host Adam Joseph. Hello everyone and welcome to the actual final episode of series two of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast series. I'm Adam Joseph, your host and the regional VP of customer success at Gainsight. So in one of our previous episodes with Tom Bain at Total Jobs, we discussed some of both the challenges and the rewards from introducing customer success into a hyper growth business. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, I strongly recommend that you do it. It's actually one of my favorite all-time pods that I've hosted. It was so interesting. And the feedback from that podcast was that the subject matter really resonated with a lot of people. So I wanted to continue that discussion and talk about in this episode, not only how customer success was introduced at a hypergrowth business, but how that's evolved over time. And a great example in point here is the impact that customer success has had at a company called Content Square, who are one of the world's leading and fastest fastest growing SaaS digital experience analytics platform and the, the growth of both the business as a whole at Content Square and, and also the evolution of their customer success teams and methodology. It's just been a super interesting and motivational story. And I'm thrilled to say that John Emilia, who's the Chief Customer Officer at Content Square, is joining us today to talk about his experiences and learnings. John, a very, very warm welcome to you. I'm delighted to be with you today, Adam. And John, I mean, from your accent, we'll probably give this away in a bit, but you are a Brit, but you are based and working in the US, is that right? That's right. I grew up in the north of England, and I now live just outside of San Francisco, and I've had the pleasure over my career of moving over the ocean three different times. So, and I know you've just returned home recently to see family and friends and catch up with your colleagues on this side of the pond. But as always with these podcasts, I'm always interested to learn about not just the passion for CS, but the person as well. So interested though, when you do make it back to the, the UK and particularly maybe the north of England where you originally hail from, is there some hum comforts that you really look forward to the most when you're back in the UK that you just can't get the same experience where you live now in San Francisco? Yeah, first of all, it was my first trip back for two years. And I've been very lucky as I've lived over in the US for many years now that you always had this ability. Or I, I've been lucky enough to have roles where I could go back and forth to London and the UK quite often with work. So I never got homesick. And then this last two years as a very different complexion. And when somebody tells you you can't travel and you can't see family and you've got aging parents, it, it becomes much more challenging. So it was wonderful to go over this weekend and really take advantages of those things that you took for granted and no longer do. And so it was great to see family and connect. I got to go 
for a good Indian meal with my friends in Manchester the first night. And it's really hard to get really good Indian food in the US. So that was great. I got to go up to the Lake District and see my mum and go to my favorite pub and have a beer with my favorite landlord. And, you know, there's just something magical about an English pub with the the conversation and the crack and the sense of humor and the sarcasm. And, uh, you know, so they were my home comforts that I thoroughly embraced this weekend. Yeah, you paint quite the picture, especially the Lake District. I was fortunate enough to spend a week there recently. It's just magnificent countryside. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, so look, we, I mentioned Content Square at the beginning, who are one of the world's leading and fastest growing SaaS digital experience analytics platforms. But maybe it would be great if you could give us a bit of background into the business and also your role there. Yeah, so I am the chief customer officer. So I think like uh, most people in that role, I take responsibility for everything post-sales. Uh, so if we look at uh, implementing customers, getting them onboarded, introducing the success team and the customer success managers, education, uh, making sure they get great education, professional services as required, and the customer support function. So they roll up to me and I team then with the chief revenue officer to really make sure then that we have great renewal numbers and great retention numbers and that those accounts are well-placed not only to renew, but also hopefully grow and expand as we go forward. So that's very much my role. Content Square as a company, as you introduced, is, is all about the digital experience. And we've carved a really nice niche for ourselves in this e-commerce world where we look at websites and look at what, what really happens on your website and why does it happen? And how do we make that the best possible experience it can be for the visitors to your website? And it's a really cool space. And obviously, with everything that's going on with the digital explosion and COVID, it's a very vibrant part of the economic world these days. And I'm sure lots of people like me would have seen Content Square a lot in the news recently. Uh, Congratulations on your recent Series E funding and acquisitions as well. So as I mentioned, the the business is really fast growing. What is really underpinning all of that growth? Is is it, as you mentioned, especially over the pandemic, the move to all things digital has just been monumentally huge. So what's really fueling all of that growth at Content Square at the moment? You know, I think we were in a good time. I think first and foremost, we have great technology. And we capture every sort of mouse click, every page view, every hover that a user has on the website. And we're able to analyze that information and really surface insights to our customers in terms of what customers are really doing on that website. When people design websites, they have an expectation of what customers will do. What really happens Sometimes we can be very different to what those designers expect. So being able to go back and saying, look, this is really what's happening. This is the paths that customers are taking. This is how different assets on your websites are doing in terms of effectiveness and and really exposing all that information can really enable companies to optimize that experience for customers. So the technology is great. So first and foremost, I think we're very proud of that. But You're right. The time is right. The digital channel is exploding anyway, regardless of COVID. You know, the move to people buying online and having uh, online experiences is, you know, there's so much momentum behind that. And then obviously COVID has just accelerated that. So the timing is great. 
And then for us, I think we've started to establish a really great brand for ourselves in that space. And we have a great team. And it's been a pleasure to join that team and really be part of this adventure that we're going on. I've been fortunate enough to work with Content Square as a Gainsight customer for a while. And so I know that customer success as an ideology and also a function within the, the business is not new, but clearly there's been so much growth recently and particularly coincided with your time at Content Square as well, John. So as the business has grown, how has customer success evolved to meet the challenge of that growth? Because like many organizations, when you first introduce CS, it looks in one format, but very quickly as you grow as a business, it doesn't become fit for purpose anymore. And trying to anticipate how and when to change some of your methodologies, be those your workflows and processes, like some of your engagement and segmentation, your people. So do you need to keep hiring CSMs or do you bring in automation to help you scale it by bringing in a CS technology like Gainsight? How has the customer success function evolved as the business has grown so rapidly? That's a really good question. I think, first of all, I think one of the things I've got to applaud the, the founders and the group who created Content Square is customer success is a key part of the DNA of the organization. And I think it's a part of the brand that we're known for in this space. So that happened before I arrived. And that's really pleasurable to come in and know that customer success is such a foundation to the company. So that was a great starting point for me coming in. But you're right, the developing the customer success capability in a company that is essentially doubling year over year is an amazing challenge but it's a really nice challenge and you know and i talk to the team about it it's like we have a train that's moving at 100 miles an hour and we're trying to change the wheels on that train as it's hurtling down the track <laughs> and we're constantly sort of reevaluating and looking at what's working in our customer success experience and we're doing that all the time so we're looking at how do we improve the methodology how do we bring great talent uh, to the organization? How do we open up new regions? How do we implement more robust technologies? Because some of the perhaps the technologies that we had weren't strong enough or able to scale with us. So all the time, we I feel like we're assessing what's working well and what isn't. And the amazing thing is what was working great yesterday may be a failure point tomorrow. You know, an area like implementation might be going really smoothly, but you suddenly reach a threshold of demand where you just can't cope with those processes and those procedures. And you've got to look at how do we do things differently? And so it is changing. So there's a lot of challenge there, but I, I'm also very conscious that it's a really nice challenge. Yeah, for sure. I guess it also points to the fact that you need to have the right metrics in place, particularly, I mean, subjectively hearing from your team is going to be important, but I guess it's, it's difficult to make decisions based on just opinion. So in terms of some of those key leading indicators of success um, that you look at, so that could be customer engagement, NPS and the like, are there some indicators that you look at to try and predict when your processes of today might not be the right processes for the future? Yeah, absolutely. As you talk to senior management and you talk to other companies, the people talk about gross retention rates and net retention rates and net promoter scores. And they're the ultimate barometer that we get judged by. But those metrics are very much lagging indicators. They tell you how you was doing a year or so ago. And so really looking at what are the leading indicators and how well are things going in the year and now really give you the best sort of read on 
how are you doing as a business and the results that you're going to see down the line. So we are very focused on that. We look at all aspects of the business. We have a KPI uh, dashboard that we put in place for all of our customer success functions where we try and articulate the leading indicators and have goals that we put in place each quarter and then measure against those goals. We're very lucky. We put in place a strong BI uh, team as a company uh, that supports the whole company, but there's a lot of data on the customer success side that we look at, whether it's implementation and looking at time to implement, time to first value, education, number of certified users, how quickly we're able to get certified users, the intensity with which users use the system, making sure we have success plans in place for every customer and that they're put in place in a timely way and that we capture value and we really drive value for our customers. Those things are really key and paramount to making sure our customers have a great experience as they go forward. And something else you said earlier, John, that I was super interested in was that even before you joined, customer success was a key part of the DNA of the organization, which is amazing. When we work with our customers and indeed when we talk to just people in the community about what their strategy is for customer success, the long-term vision is that customer success should really be this transformative movement and an ethos that permeates across the whole business. So at Content Square, how do you keep that DNA vibrant? How do you engage with your counterparts, you know, for CROs, CMOs, all of the other C-suites to make sure that the customer is truly at the heart of everything you're doing? And how receptive are they to that? Yeah, I think they're really receptive. And I, I think this, the CEO of the company, John Cherkey, did a really good job of instilling at all the stages of development from the company's history in terms of taking care of customers and responding to customers' needs was key. And I think our customers feel that. I think they feel that energy from us and that if they have problems, we'll be there for them. Well, one of the things I'm really trying to do as we go forward, though, into this next year is my sense is that a passion for customer success is quite reactive. So if we have a customer who's encountering problems, the whole company's ready to lean in and help with that problem, whether that's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's product. Everybody's on message that customer comes first and we lean in and we do everything we can to resolve that. But what I'm trying to look at this year is how do you move away from that being reactive to proactive? And rather than letting a problem develop, you have touch points with your customers and relationships with your customers so you can sense something is not going quite to plan before it becomes an issue and take action very early so it may never even register as an issue for the customer. So we're really putting a lot of thought into developing a very clean executive sponsor program at the moment where we're spreading the load out with all of our senior managers and senior executives from across companies to be part of those strategic business reviews that we do with customers and, and just check in and be there for those teams and just smell if there's a problem. And I think that's going to be a really positive change for us in taking things to the next level in, in terms of getting everybody involved and maybe if you're the chief marketing officer, maybe that's just free customers that you get involved with personally. And you go to those business reviews and you prep with the team beforehand. 
maybe the, the project, the, the customer success manager gives you dates every couple of weeks and there's a sounding board for you. But it's a way for you to feel really connected to our customers and, and make sure things never get off track. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and what better way of knocking down those silos between different organizations and, and keeping the customer at the heart of what, you, of what you're doing? I love it. And the other thing I was really interested about is if I look at the growth of Content Square, from what I can see, at least on the outside, is that at least half of that growth is via acquisition rather than organic growth. And that must, in of itself, present some unique challenges. You've got different technologies, different teams, different cultures, some of which might be at different stages of their customer success maturity as well. So when you're absorbing these organizations into the all under the Content Square banner, how do you go about thinking about that from a customer perspective and ensuring that you've got some levels of standardization in terms of the service delivery and experience that you're providing? Yeah, I'm really glad you touched on that. This is... An area I probably spent more time on than anything else uh, this year. It's easy when you acquire companies uh, to be confused in the field. And different companies have different philosophies around customer success and different approaches. And sometimes it takes a while to to really understand what those differences are. Uh, you know, some of the simple ones are: Do we charge for customer success or not? Is it included in our product subscription? What is the role of the customer success manager? In some organizations, that can be a very strategic role. And in other organizations, it can be quite tactical. You know, we had an acquisition where the customer success manager was responsible for opening customer support tickets. And it's really hard to be strategic and work on success plans and drive executive engagement and be raising support tickets at the same time. So we recognized that we had these differences and that, Different companies we'd acquired at different personalities and very quickly identified that we need, you know, what I call a common identity and a common personality. And we standardized on what the role is of the customer success manager, what's our approach to pricing, what's included, what isn't included, trying to make sure, you know, the entire field understood that. And we had the view that it, it was okay to have regional differences. You know, you may have a different personality in France to the UK to the US, but you've got to have a common underpinning. You've got to have a common, consistent global experience. So if you've got a global brand, what they experience from you in Sydney is the same as what they experience from you in Paris or London, but but you may have slightly different regional personalities. And I think that's really working well for us. So really trying to define, you know, common technology, common practices, common sort of role definitions has been really key for us. And another area I'm really fascinated in is with all of this growth is how you've managed it. And as I mentioned earlier, we're fortunate to call Content Square a, a partner and customer of ours. And I know you utilize Gainsight to help you scale the CS team effectively and ensure you're monitoring areas and levels of customer happiness or risk. But how important has having a specialist CS technology as part of your tech stack been to you to help manage the growth effectively? It's key. Gainsight's our system of record for the customer success team. We capture all the essential information that we use as an organization is lives in Gainsight post-sales. So it's part of our consistent global platform. So as we acquire companies, if they don't have Gainsight, then we introduce that and we roll that out. And we spend a lot of time 
as part of harmonizing our common identity and having a consistent methodology. And we really try to keep the methodology very simple. It's around strategic relationships. We define the customer success manager as a strategic role in our organization. It's working with those executive sponsors and strategic business people to define a success plan that everybody buys into that has got clear tactics around it and key business objectives around it. And then we drive to execution of that and recording the value around that. And all of that is underpinned by Gainsight. So we capture the success plans, we capture the value, we capture the key business objectives, we capture the tactical activities underneath that. And Gainsight is essentially the underpinning to our customer success methodology. And it's great to see the innovative ways that you're using Gainsight. I'm just really interested as the business no doubt continues to grow and evolve. How do you make the decision or how do you think about the need to keep hiring more and more CSMs versus utilizing automation more effectively? How do you balance those two things? That's a, that's a really good question. And it's something I'm in the throes of right now, probably like most uh, customer success leaders out there right now. We're in the business planning stage for next year. And that's the key question. And when I sit down with my CEO, it's a very simple mission he gives me. It improve your gross and net retention metrics and do that while spending less money on customer success. And, and it's a really, it's a really easy mission. And you know, so, so you, you know that that's key. And I think everybody's thinking about that. So I'm very much looking at segmentation and looking at how do we segment our customers into our top accounts, our enterprise accounts, our strategic accounts, commercial accounts, and SMB accounts, and how do you adjust? the customer success approach for each of those segments. And I think the use of technology and the use of something like Gainsight is critical in helping us to be able to do that. And today we have a very high touch model, which has served us well to this point, but it's also a very expensive model. And as we scale and grow, you know, we know we've got to we've got to find other ways of taking care of some segments of customers at a lower cost point because the revenue is lower, but still make it a really good service for those customers. And obviously Gainsight's going to be key in doing that. And we're very much part of my reason for going back to the UK last week was to do a, a global workshop with the team in looking at, at that commercial digital customer success model and how do we design that to be game-changing for us going forward? Well, look, definitely food for thought for anyone in that leadership position kind of pondering very similar decisions. So, John, can I say a huge thank you for your time today? As always, I find it hugely educational just hearing things from your perspective and how you're pondering some of these really important questions and talking points. Hopefully it won't be too long before you're back in the UK and maybe you and I can share a pint in a pub together. But until then, John, thanks again for your time. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, Adam. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit Gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod. To learn more about their work, go to StudioPodSF.com.